broader. Game. Inclusive. United. Real. Footy. Tackling. The issues. Behind the game. Broader. Game. Well, we have a social media episode in store for you guys and girls. Today you're listening to The Broader Game, the podcast of professional NRL.com unprofessionals. I'm Katie Brown, joined by Alicia Newton. We're going to talk about the positive and negatives, um, the company faces, and we also want to know some of the best players to follow in the game as well. So to do that, we can't really do that because we definitely have no idea. Strap yourselves in. We've got a big episode. We've got On This Day coming up. Fanfare, guess who, and we'll round things off with our hot take of the fortnight. So let's get into our hero segment of the week, NRL social media. All right, it's time for our hero segment of the week. We need to introduce our special guest, NRL's social media manager, Cassandra Wilkins. Thank you for joining our podcast this week. Thank you for having me, ladies. I'm excited to be here. Now, Cass, I've got a bit of a question for you. I reckon social media is the toughest job in the NRL. Would you agree with that? I'd like to think it's the most important job in the NRL, but yeah, I'd say it's definitely a challenging one. Everyone seems to have their view on how to use social media, so especially Katie Brown over here. (laughs) I can't do it very well. Already throwing shade. (laughs) The role is, is, as I said, challenging. The the social and digital landscape makes it makes it one of the hardest ones to kind of keep up with and and um and understand. But um, working in sport generally, as as you guys would know, as a fan of the game, is pretty rewarding and it's pretty exciting. So um, that that element of it is definitely um, definitely really cool. But you know, at the end of the day, it is a job um, and. It is a tough one. Um, we're heavily media scrutinised, as you guys would know, and we have a pretty in- important role um, to play for the um, NRL. So, yeah, it does has it have its challenges, but it's um, yeah, it's equally as rewarding. Cass, you're supposed to be on my team, and I feel like you already have thrown me under the bus. Come on. I don't know. I feel like it's a natural thing to do. <laughs> it just comes so easily. I understand how it's Alicia like, seems to do it oh, every episode. It will get one. Oh, the broader game fans. Come on, back your girl, Katie, not Alicia or Cass. Uh, but what about social media um, in rugby league and sports in general? Um, what role does it play? I guess it's a massive one. Um, it plays, it's, it's multifaceted, obviously. Um, we're here to bring the um, game to the fans and engage them and, and kind of, you know, show them their heroes and, and what we're all about. But um, we're, we're more than just having to cover the live sport. Um, we're responsible for, you know, driving pretty um, hefty commercial outcomes, sponsorship revenues, ticketing revenues, um, Outside of broadcast and, and outside of, of obviously NRL.com, we are the direct um, d- direct channel to our fans. So um, that responsibility is one that we don't take lightly and, um, and obviously is something that our fans' um, expectations are kind of driving. So whatever they want to see, they're expecting that they're able to see it pretty immediately um, and with the best quality. So we're up against the wall a lot of the times, but, um, but yeah, we're giving it our, our best. Doing pretty good too. Do you think people forget about that, that you have got goals there are to reach and targets to meet? People behind the social media pages as well. Mm. Yeah, absolutely. I think um, that's probably our main challenge even um, not even external to the business, even internally to the business, it's taken us some time to get to a place where people know that we're, yeah, we're not just live tweeting games and, and putting out highlights, but, you know, we've, I think we've posted over twenty to 30,000 pieces of content across the year already, um, across all of our platforms. We, uh, we have 
over 20 different social channels. Um, we're also responsible for the email um, and digital marketing communications as well. So all oh. our, our paid advertising and um, event creation and, and event coverage too. So yeah, it's it's definitely um, the tradition. A traditional social media um, producer role would have been a couple of years ago. has definitely evolved, and you're, you know, a campaign manager, a content producer, a video editor, a graphic designer, um, all within trying to be, um, you know, whatever the game expects of us from a social point of view. And obviously, in terms of the media landscape, how does social media? How is that impacting the media world? Hugely, if, if um, you read the news in any kind of sport, uh, you know, the players like Facebook, YouTube, Amazon, Twitter are all kind of putting their hat in the ring um, on a lot of that stuff. I think, again, back to that fan expectation point of view, everyone wants live sport on any device, wherever they are in the world, um, you know, kind of immediately and, and with high quality and when you mash up what that means from a, a broadcast rights deal and... Um, what we're actually allowed to do and produce, it's um, it's tough. And um, I think that the audience that we can get from those social platforms is the reason why they're so powerful. Um, you know, your traditional broadcasters, Fox and Nine, don't have that um, that penetration and um, and like kind of they're not they're not as you know in everyone's hands um immediately like you know facebook's on your phone youtube's on your phone all that kind of stuff so being able to um you know tap into that penetration of younger audiences that obviously the ones that we're after to, to keep the game alive um those platforms are definitely appealing in that sense um but yeah yeah, that's, I, I find it so interesting and I also think social media, um, things like Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, um, they've got huge following and influence and that's when you can get onto things like influencers and footballers mm. are influencers and getting paid to do posts. That's a whole other topic, I suppose. Yeah, it is. And um, I think, you know, we'll probably chat about later, you know, what's the next steps for us on social from a, um, from a broader point of view, but also an NRL perspective and that, that player market and influencer market is one yeah. that's absolutely, um, absolutely booming. So we've, um, yeah, we've got to get that network. right. Real quick. Absolutely. Cass did just say broader too. I was very impressed. Hashtag all abroad. I like it. On it's, brand. Yes. <laughs> you know the brand messaging. Thank you. Um, what about for things that happen on social media that may not be so positive? So does the NRL have a policy on how it can respond for case by case? Um, you know, we saw last year at the State of Origin, Vanessa and Karina's kiss, that one blew up. Do you want to talk about that? Yeah, for sure. I probably just first want to mention that it's like, for me, looking at this stuff every day, um, you know, being ingrained in it and, and obviously the team having to look at the, the comments every um, every day, I still find it really hard to comprehend how people still have an ignorance mm. um, and a complete disregard for how what they're saying behind their keyboard is um, is affecting, you know, does not only affects um, people um, but also, you know, um, affects the way that our game's perceived and, and, and how, how it looks like the majority of our fans act and behave. So, I mean, I feel ashamed reading it but I guess um, it's the unfortunate world that we live in with social and, um, and we have to deal with it. But um, I guess... The kiss photo, the infamous um, women's origin kiss photo, was was the springboard that brought um, kind of responding responding to fans and community management, as we as we call it, to light. Um, that the response that we we gave was, I guess, 
a bit emotional in its, its in its nature, and um, it could have it could have backfired on us pretty easily, but it didn't, and it went the right way and um, gave us the traction that we needed to to raise awareness uh, in this space. But I mean, the, there's a fine line between, um, from a policy point of view, a fine line between responding to fans and being engaging and, and having a personality, um, as opposed to being the, the voice of the brand. So if, if you're seeing something from the NRL, you're probably thinking, you know, that's what Todd, Todd Greenberg has allowed us to say. So we have to tread a pretty fine line. And um, and we had a bit of nervousness when we decided to open up fan responses and, and our inbox to, um, to respond to. And, you know, we get... The really positive stories and, and the real the guys the people that are really you know into rugby league and, and want to give us you know their feedback but you also get you know the, the death threats and the um you know the, the things that are very that you kind of take personal if, if you're working on the channels and it's really hard yeah. to kind of remove yourself from that but um I mean our policy really is pretty straightforward we um reward the guys that are engaging reward the ones that have something really good to say and um prioritize hopefully that prioritizes them in um in the feed and then we um kind of give those keyboard warriors nothing and hope that they um go away and um you know they're only as strong as they're following and, and if you don't give them the time and if you don't give them um a platform to to, to speak the way that they want to speak then um the trolling hopefully goes away and, mm. and we're seeing positives in that but um I mean, even the most recent example with um, with Belinda becoming um, the first female referee, which is like, yeah, yeah go girl. Yeah. Um, Congratulations to Belinda Sharp. Absolutely. She is going to be refereeing the first, um, her first game, first female to referee an NRL game on Thursday night, Bulldogs and Broncos at Suncorp. For Sorry, sure. just thought I'd throw that one in there. Continue. No. Yeah. Good plug, good plug. Um, I mean, for me, that one is, is, a, is a monumental moment for someone's career and, um, you know, I, I love that we celebrate that. Um, I question that we're only celebrating it because she's female and not the fact that she has worked incredibly hard at her role. Um, she is fulfilling a dream of hers and she's super talented. Um, I'm, I, I wish we weren't in a world where it was like because she's female, she's being celebrated. There probably um, – and there, there are plenty of male referees making their debut as well and I think we should – at some point, um, not have to have a discussion about gender, but you know, this mm. we're still Berlin is obviously paving the way, and fortunately and unfortunately for her, she has to go through that. But um, I, I think it's more a story around how great our pathways are in the game, mm. how great we can, um, how much we can influence younger females and, and give them um, give them something to aim for. But um, yeah, I really hope that the conversation online is not what it was for her announcement, po- uh, announcement post-game and it's really about not her as a female but um, how she officiates the game on um, Thursday night. Do you know what gets me about trolls? Can I just say, and I've been trolled a couple of times, not on Twitter, on Facebook, like random messages and stuff, but trolls, when I have a look at a negative comment, especially on the NRL page and especially on the Women's Rugby League page, if it's shared on the NRL's page, it is, you know, it is those get back in the kitchen comments. It's... And I have a look on their profile pictures, and you hate to say it, most of them are men. Like, but it's, it's you have a look, and they've got a little daughter in their photo, in their profile picture. They've got kids that are like under the age of five. They're holding them, and I'm like, dude, Crazy. like, what about your little girl when she grows up? Like, what? Yeah, I, I, we always kind of find those ones, and you just think, 
you probably wouldn't say this to someone's face. So, mm, and it, course, it's like that, yeah. that typical, you learn it in preschool, you know, don't mm. say something unless you can say um, something nice. But uh, yeah, I, I think it's just, it's just that nature of social and, and having that screen in front of you mm. um, that, that gives you that right. People think it gives them that right to, to mm. offer opinions and free speech and, and all that is, is, is great. But um, when the purpose is to completely tear someone down and, and offer an opinion that's um, not, you know, globally um accepted. You know, accepted anymore it, no. it's just it's just yeah what a, what happened earlier like what has the feedback been so far for belinda because like you said fortunately she gets to make her debut unfortunately she's the first one so she's going through a lot yeah what? um the the feedback we it, it's overwhelmingly positive so cool. it's definitely not a negative sentiment there are so many people who are like you know, so excited and, and so empowered. And um, that's why I think, for, fortunately for her, she is the one that gets to kind of smash through the glass yeah. ceiling, for lack of a better term. But um, but I, th- I think any time we introduce gender, and um, that is a kind of a broader topic, but any time we do introduce gender into sport, um, especially sports that are tr- traditionally male-dominated, they're just there's always that sticking point of, of people thinking that, you're coming into a man's sport and it was only ever a man's sport because of the way that society was, you know, such, mm. such a long time ago and it was never meant to not include women. But um, I don't know, they just have these uninformed, uneducated ideas. Uh, it's definitely phasing. It's, it's definitely, as you said, a middle-aged man and I don't want to stereotype, but that is kind it's of where you're seeing it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. and then the younger ones and um, the ones that have obviously grown up in our generation. Yeah. We've, we've never really had those thoughts because we've grown up in a world where women are, are, are equal, as equal as they can be. So hit the nail on the head with it. Hit the nail on the head with society and the changes. I think that's how you grow up. But we did, we're on Twitter and um, there was one guy. I'm really over this women in league crap. They can't play. <laughs> they can't effing commentate. Going off all this, I'm sure they won't be effing able to ref. And I'm sure he's never picked up a football or any <laughs> you know, type you know of what football I want to see? like a top bloke. <laughs> you know what I want to see, but I just want to see him come to the field one day, have a run at some of these girls. Like, yep. have a run at whoever player, man or woman, that he, he says can't play the game because <laughs> – It'd be great, wouldn't it? Just yeah. to, to see how they really go. And, see, and that's the thing. Most of the time they've never played before. Yeah, and you see some of them even write comments like, um, I can referee, I've been a couch referee for X amount of years. And, and you're just like, well, that's just so bizarre that you'd even mention that. Like, she's literally, like, refereeing is, is a professional, um, you're a professional athlete in itself. So yeah. it's not just like you turn up and and they blow a whistle and they, you know, read a few rules. Like they're, they're training just as hard as, as players and running further mm-hmm. on the field. And um, if you look at, you know, their stats and what they produce, they're, they're phenomenal athletes. And I think, um, yeah, for Belinda, like congratulations for her. But, you know, I hope that, as I mentioned, that the commentary Thursday she met refs yeah, yeah. is definitely about the talent and, and how she officiates the game, not that she's... um. Female. Oh wow, you're female and you run so fast. Oh mm. wow, you picked up such a good call for a female. Oh wow, you did seven k's running for a female. That's a- yes, we've heard it so many yeah. times. Let's hope that they just say, how- "Good on you, Belinda." How hard is that part to not just hide it, delete it? Like obviously, freedom of speech. You know, I'm sure there's a policy around it where you've got to leave that comment up, right? Yeah. Um- it, it, it's case by case and, mm. you know, profanity and, and those kinds of things are not tolerated on platforms 
anyway. So if it includes anything like that, it's automatically deleted. But as I said, you know, the way that um, a lot of the social platforms work now is that they they surface the, the comments that are that are being um, engaged with and, and that people are liking. So if, if we manage to influence that conversation by putting the brand, you know, front and centre on, mm. on responding to that, um, that's pretty much how we're trying to deal with it. But there are there are some certain instances um, that it, it's completely inappropriate. There are no swear words in it, but um, it doesn't matter. It's it's you know disgusting to read, and, and we have to get rid of it. Um, sometimes it fuels the fire, but mm-hmm. that's the kind of the risk you have to take, um, especially when you're protecting individuals. Like when you're talking about you know a team of women, mm-hmm. um, y- y- it's a little bit different because you're not actually speaking to someone. But you know, with especially with the, the Ness and um, Karina piece, like it. It was an individual attack on two people. Well, they approached you, didn't they, to take it down? Like, that's how serious it got because they were that upset. Yeah. Um, I wanted to chat about this, actually, and I don't know if you can bring it up now, but um, I spoke to our head of um, digital on this in relation to a few other instances, but I, I kind of took it in that con- in the context, and um, it's really interesting to, to see that, you know, there's a, there's a pendulum effect of the way that people um, instantly react to something, and um, that kiss invoked so much emotional reaction from people and that was their immediate response and it was so quick and um but as kind of in anything as you move along the the pendulum you kind of your rational um thoughts kick in and you realize actually um what I've said there probably probably isn't correct and I don't really believe it but because I was so emotional in that moment I made that comment and and I think for Vanessa and um, Karina it was very much the same they were reacting really emotionally to what what went out Mm -hmm. um being probably trolled heavily for the first time, they immediate reaction was to go, look, everyone hates me. I don't, I don't, I don't want to be the front and center of this. So, so delete it. But, you know, we went through quite a lot of. Um, well, I was close. Like I'm close with yeah. them, and they, um, like we had even had discussions because they'd come to me as well. Like Katie was in know, the third wheel photo. I was, I, I was dropped out of the photo. <laughs> um, but you, yeah. You know, you felt so bad. You're like, you know, we've got to stick by this. And um, Mm. it is that initial reaction of, holy crap, why are we copying all this negativity? We just love each other. These are two women who played on opposite sides of a state of origin game last year. They kissed. They didn't pose for the cameras. It was just a natural reaction. They had a peck. Um, Emotional stuff post-origin. One of them had lost and one of them had won. But Mm. what happened after that, Cass? Yeah, I think... um you know, back to the logic of how things like that play out is basically like they, they probably went through a process of, of being like, why are people saying this about me? It's it's more of a fl- reflection on the people who are saying this as mm. opposed to the reflection of um, the two of them. And, and I guess, um, yeah, their, their rational brain kicked in and, and we kind of talked them through that and, and got to a point where, um, yeah, again, they had to kind of pave the way for this stuff to happen and, and it kind of goes both ways. But um, they realised that there was some some really strong positive um, things that could come from it and fans of the game, people who were potentially struggling with their sexuality um, and just general fans, like, you know, we're, we're, we're all, like, extremely proud of being a part of something like that. Um, and, yeah, the kind of the, the commentary swung and, and after the first kind of 24 hours there was, like, way more support than there was, um, was detraction. So... Um, yeah, it, it really is on that kind of pendulum and people are always going to have an emotional reaction before a, a rational What numbers did thought. you get? 
Oh, I like how many countries did, it went all around the world? Yeah. Hey, like there was articles in Ireland, England, America. Yeah, we're was... in Daily Mails and Buzzfeeds and and all that kind mm. of stuff. So it it was definitely um, an international became an international yeah. affair, which. Um, well, it become more of what you guys did re- responding to the comments Definitely. than it actually did the kiss in the end, didn't it? it was yeah, more about absolutely. The organisation and, and the responses. Yeah, um, and I guess that could have backfired on us if, yeah. if the tone wasn't right. But I think yeah. because people were so invested in it and didn't want to see these girls get um, trolled, and um, you know, it was it was probably the first of any sport that I um, know of, or any one that kind of openly just stood up and said to their fans, like, no what you've just mm. said and, and and we did call out an individual and I don't know if that was the right decision but I think the premise of it was and about that what that, that individual was saying it really was mm. all of the people who are detracting from this just need to kind of pipe down and and let this be a, a celebration of where our games come um how far it's going and 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 who we're including in the game the from game now on should be proud of you guys should be really proud of yourselves as well because 12 months on Karina is now wearing um, the rainbow armband in this year's State of Origin they won the LGBTI sport award for that kiss mm. they've taken a 360 from being scared to the NRL and the community helping them feel comfortable in their own skin and that initial negative reaction into a positive one so well done what about Cass like what do you say to those um, that have been trolled like what advice do you give do you do you offer support um, yeah I mean we don't we don't have relationships with every player I guess um, we have pretty strong relationships with with a large um, cohort of them but um, when it comes to that it really is um, about yeah I guess taking on board that way that pub- the public perceive things and how and how they react and obviously always looking at it from another lens and, and saying you know this I've done actually nothing wrong here I haven't um I haven't offended anyone I'm mm-hmm. doing I'm being who I am and, and I'm being real so that's the people that are that are trolling me that that potentially aren't um you know the, the Taylor Harris example was, was really great in saying that she she made kind of a stand and then she didn't and then she realized she she needed to and and it it's that you know it's that um, tugging of your emotions like do I want to be the person that kind of makes a really loud noise about it and and kind of cause a stir am I am I ready for that or do I you know feel okay with who I am am I secure enough can I let it potentially pass and if it if it doesn't pass um yeah I mean people more experienced than I am in this world could hey. definitely offer advice <laughs> um <laughs> But, yeah, I mean, I definitely feel for the ones that have to go through it. I mean, mm. we're not even um, – our names aren't even on any of this content that goes out, but I know that when things come back in, you know, direct messages or, or on um, comments when they're saying, you know, whoever's running this account is, you know, Aww. expletives, it's, um, it's hard to not take it personally. So I can only imagine what the scale of what um, mm. athletes and, and so have to deal with. But What about – some positive chat to finish this off. <laughs> Favourite NRL and NRLW players to follow on social media? Yes. Well, there are plenty. Yeah. If you're not following Katie Brown, you should definitely follow her. <laughs> Unfortunately, I am not an NRL or NRLW player, but I will admit I do like to throw myself under the bus and laugh at don't myself. do you play for that other code? That No, I don't. Well, you did? I don't. I do not. Don't say it. Aussie rule. <laughs> um, um, I did actually ask the team to give us a, a bit of a steer on this one because we, we do have so many and obviously depending on what you want to see, but I'll rattle off a few names. So Nathan Peets, Kaelin Ponga, Josh Adokar, 
Latrell Mitchell, Adam Reynolds, Alex Glenn, and Elliot Whitehead. Ooh, we're kind Whitehead. of Whitehead. Yeah. Oh, I haven't, don't follow him. Well, oh, here you go. He, Write that one down. He just got a new follower, thanks He's to me. He's got a couple of Frenchies <laughs> as well, and they're cute. Absolutely. Oh. So they're kind of the, the guys that are um, – I, I guess it's probably somewhat a reflection of, of the era that they've grown up in as well, that social yeah. is extremely important to their brand. It's important to showing their personality and who they are. So they're, they're a few of the ones that are that are um, keeping us entertained on a daily basis. Mm-hmm. But then I also thought I'd throw in the girls, given yeah. we're on the, girls. the broader game. <laughs> YTG. Um, Izzy Kelly, yeah. as everyone would know, is a, as a athletic powerhouse. Fit AF. She's, yeah. she's like over 30-odd thousand. Like, she's killing it. Yeah, she's pretty incredible. On Instagram. Uh, Kezi Apps and Jess Surges. So, they're, they're, I mean, yeah. they're the, the top ten with yeah. men and women, but, um, you know, th- there are so many funny ones that are, you know, the guys that are playing <laughs> jokes on each other. And, you know, when they get into Kangaroos Camp and Origin Camp, they all seem to be pranksters and um, Love Scare Camp. Camp. <laughs> yeah, Scare Camp. Got so, so what's yeah. what's the next biggest thing we got? Like obviously this face ups, everyone's losing their minds over it. But what's next for you guys and into the future? You reckon? I mean, I wish I knew. It's a multi million dollar question in the uh, social industry. Um, probably the worst idea ever that you'll hear of will probably be the next best thing. Yeah. But um, I mean, we're probably focusing from an NRL perspective on, um, as we mentioned, that whole influencer space, and it's been around for such a long time but um we're not talking about celebrity influencers or or you know people in, in extremely high positions but really about leveraging our players and um i think on instagram they're, they're all the stat even on instagram and facebook now is that you know i think maybe three times more people or something along those lines but more people are wow. following athletes than they are codes so at some point you know the following for the league and the following for all of other sporting codes is going to plateau out and unless you're engaging new audiences we're kind of going to um, hit a hit a plateau. So um, being able to leverage, you know, who the players are and, and um, how much following they have from fans will be extremely important. Um, we obviously want to help them grow. They can help us grow, and, and there's a mutual bene- um, mutual benefit there. So that will definitely be a focus for us um, coming coming up. And then, God, I don't even know. That's pretty good. I got, I got a quick mm. one. Yeah. Who has the most followers of uh, like Australian sport on Ooh, Instagram? I was going to say NRL. Or I, I might. <laughs> Instagram or Facebook or yeah? Do you know? Yeah. Overall, um, Aussies love NRL. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, they do. So we're um, we actually have the most amount of Australian followers. Um, on our from, from from an Australian sport point of view, we have the most Australian followers, so that kind of fluctuates a bit um, on certain channels. But yeah. but overall, more Australians follow NRL than any other sport. Yes, so killing it. Also, I wrote a Knights preview early in the year, and I had like follow Caelan Ponga. He's got one hundred twenty thousand Instagram followers. Yeah. It's now doubled up to two fifty in the space of what wow. six months. It was definitely it's, your article. I was going to say, is that thanks it's, to you? Yeah, <laughs> it's all those clicks on that article. <laughs> she needs commission. <laughs> no, Alicia his photography or nothing. Didn't realise you're an influencer. (laughs) Make sure you slide into his DMs and ask for a pay cut, (laughs) ask for some of his pay. (laughs) We've got to get him on the show actually, talk about the photography. We do, we do. But we um, we thank you so much, Cass. That was fantastic. It's good to get some insight, I think, into the social media world because people – so, well, in the younger generation particularly, to treat it as just second nature but there is a true business behind it that brings in so much money to our brand. So. And there's young kids that are working in here, right? Like yeah. they're, they're kids as well. Like they're not yeah. kids but, you know. We've got a pretty diverse guys. team yeah. for that reason in terms of yeah. having, you know, 
male, female, younger and older and um, different skill sets because I, I feel like you don't want to hear the same person talk to you every yeah. day. So um, personality is a massive one. But, yeah, we're always looking for new talent. So... Alicia, send it, send Alicia. It. you're trying to get rid of Alicia. me into another department. <laughs> no, thank you so much for joining the Broadway Game. We really appreciate it. Thanks for having Thanks, me, Cass. ladies. Well, we thought we'd ask Jamie Soward a bit about social media and trolls. Jamie, thanks for coming on the Broadway Game. Thanks, Katie. Uh, how do you deal with it? Because as a former player, I'm sure you've been through quite a bit. Yeah, well, I think when you're tied up to a club or business, it's it's often hard. So when I was playing for a club, I had to be very careful in terms of social media, how you respond to people, because everyone's always wanting a response, whether it be um, constructive or not, and people have an opinion anywhere, anytime, um, and anything without repercussions. So you've got to be very careful of how you respond. In retirement, I've probably enjoyed a little bit more because <laughs> I can socialise on that part, like Twitter and stuff like that. But um, for people that suffer online bullying and all that kind of stuff, the important thing to remember is that we've always got a, a choice. And sometimes that can be taken out um, of your hands in terms of you, you, you crave that to see what people are thinking about you. Whereas um, when I retired, I probably lost that feeling about what people you know, think about me. I, I don't really care anymore, whether it's people I work with um, or people that view me on TV or, or when we do inside the NRL, I don't really have that opinion of what I don't look in the comments. Uh, in my career, I look through comments and you try and look for that probably chip on your shoulder. But in retirement, I enjoy, um, I guess, socialising with people and giving my opinion. And if they don't understand it, then I just move on. And uh, you've always got a choice whether you can block people. And I think that's not talked about enough is young kids, we need to remind them that they can block anyone, anytime. And I block people. Uh, and I interact with people. So uh, on my Twitter, I've got 85 people blocked because they're you know, derogatory into what they're saying or they're being rude or personal. And um, you can fight back and say things online anytime, but you don't get anything out of it. You're never ever going to see that person. They'd never ever say it to your face. So it's best to either block them and move on or uh, accept that you know, they're, they're carrying on and you just move on. I remember actually an example when we were, we had inside the NRL on Twitter and we all combined as a team and blocked one person because he just made a comment about you that was unnecessary. I think he said something about you um, looking feminine or what was yeah. with your stance because you look like a girl or something. And it was kind of like he's behind a, a computer. What makes you want to say that? Yeah, like, why do you say that? You see people like Katie. I mean, a female in the NRL world, you would see people say stuff about you all the time. That's it's not about they don't know you, they don't know your character, they don't know what you do, they don't know what you're going through. And people, you know, like that feel that makes them feel big. Mm. And when you either come back at them or you ignore them, I've got the. I mean, we've got the opportunity now. We can go back at whoever we like because we represent ourselves. As long as we're not overtreading the line for the NRL and the businesses we work with and mm. it's all in context, it's fine. But when people get personal, um, I've got a young family now. When people get personal and talk about my family, there's no there's no limit there or line. I can go back at them. But when people like that guy jumped on and felt like he felt like his part of the day had to be dictated by saying something about how I looked on TV. Firstly, I think of it like this. Thanks for tuning in, mate. We appreciate the <laughs> view. And secondly, you're helping me get paid by viewing. So I can take that approach. We blocked him as a team and, and that's that's the part of it. You know, we, we're closer as a team in year two to be able to say, did you see that guy block it? And I said to you, I didn't even see that guy. And mm. then Michael Chamis had said it. So we block him as a team. And then that guy... 
he doesn't get anything out of it. Yeah, he has to bounce onto someone else to make himself feel good. Yeah, I like it. What do you can you think of something that would be uh, the worst experience for you in terms of social media? Well, people attack me about my weight in retirement, and um, yeah, that's that's an easy easy target. You know, that's I've always found that I have my opinions, and you have your opinions. Uh, if you put your opinions out and I respect them and I can come back with and counter, that's good interaction. That's what I love on Twitter. Uh, the people that want to get personal and attack me about my weight, my looks, that I couldn't tackle. I mean, the whole Greg Inglis thing is a perfect example, right? That When GI retired, the number one played highlights reel had me getting fended off by GI. I worked with you that week. How did mm. I approach it? You know, that's probably one of the most positive embarrassing way. things, but I approached it with a, with a positive outlook to say, yep, I'm going to be on those highlights forever and ever. My great-grandchildren are going to be able to see them. But people still feel like that have never played the game. And, and that's, that's the other thing. You could have an opinion and I could say to you, anytime I want, you never played the game, what would you know? Mm. And that ends the, that ends the discussion. Mm. Any player can say that at any time. But we try and interact with the fans. We try and give them a, a peek behind the curtains, into the sheds, what we're doing in our lifestyle. We try and give them that exposure, which they crave, mind you. Yeah, but they people, want it. They want it. Fans want it. Fans want to know what you do on your day off. They want to see what I'm doing down at the local coffee shop. They want to mm-hmm. see where I get a haircut. But they still have they still have the hide to be able to get on my social media and accuse me and and, and abuse me in front of my family sees that so um, that GI thing was perfect for me I, I thought we handled it great we had a laugh but we also knew that you know we need to we need to be respectful that it wasn't the running joke that I was going to be on the clip you know forever and ever on our show so we paid our respects. Um, I just think too often or not, fans don't appreciate the players enough in terms of they want them to win. They don't care what happens in between, but they want the exposure as well. So if you're going to have the exposure and people are going to take behind the curtains, you should have some sort of respect and to be able to sit there and go, oh, wow, I didn't know that about Katie Brown. I didn't know she went to Queenstown. Cool. Would you ever go, would you ever go bungee jumping? You know, and, <laughs> yeah. and that's how the conversation should be rather than, oh, look at Katie Brown, she, you know, and just start bagging you because that makes you feel good. Yeah. Because the, everyone else that reads it doesn't feel like that. Yeah. There's a bit of tall poppy sometimes, isn't there? Well, we live in a society in Australia, unfortunately, in America – um, being out there and being on social media is like a badge of honour and people want – people. you still have your haters, but people see that as your expression. You're allowed to be your own character. In Australia, we have tall poppy syndrome. So anyone that's not the standard, oh, I just did it for the boys and, you know, yeah, I'm a good bloke, I want to have a, a drink with that guy or Katie, yeah, she seems really, really cool. Anyone that doesn't fit into that is classed as a, as a loser, uh, hopeless at what they do, and, and they're, they're an easy target, right? Mm. You're allowed to be different. That's what I say. You're allowed to be different. You're allowed to have your own opinion. And if it's your own opinion and you you stand strongly by that, regardless of what people say, if you believe in that, half the time I don't even – I never even look at Facebook comments. I read Twitter because I like to interact. Facebook comments, Instagram, I keep an eye on that because it's got my family on it. But in terms of what we do for the show, I couldn't give two hoots because – People don't understand what we have to go through to get up on here. And the people that bag you could never, ever sit in front of a live camera <laughs> and go out live and be able to do that. So, again, your comeback is you've never, ever done that. You never, ever will. You either block them or accept it and move on. Yeah, or zip it. I like it. Thank you. That's great insight. Thank you. Yeah, tell me a bit about your pod before we go. Oh, yeah, I do a pod every week um, with some of the players um, mm. with uh, and former and uh, past uh, – sorry, past and present. Yep. Um, we did, did Dean Witters this week. We had Matty Elliott. Uh, the, probably the best one was 
uh, Choppy Close, Chris Choppy Close. Mm. So um, just a quick one into that. You can go back and have a look at it on the NRL.com uh, or, or NRL podcast. But he was hated in my family, hated. And um, the boss said, you're going to introduce <laughs> uh, interview Chris Close. And I was like, oh, man. And I told my stepdad, Katie, I said, I'm interviewing Choppy Close. And he goes, oh, I hate that bloke. And in my house, because he's Queenslander, you know, yeah. he's – so I got on and I said, oh, hey, Choppy, how are you going? He's good. And I, I told him that story. And then by the end of it, I found myself wanting to actually go and sit down and interview him for another hour because he just seemed like a nice guy. And that reflected to me because most people see me and, and, and have a judgment on me of my playing career. They don't know me away from the game or, or they don't respect my opinion because I beat their team or the Bulldogs fans. You know, I took a dive in 2009. It's mm. 10 years later and they hate you for that. So uh, the podcast is really good. We've, we've opened up. We've had a few players on there. Roger, two of us are Sheck. So uh, every week we do one of those players. Dean Witters this week. Yeah, so for our listeners, and make sure you tune into NRL.com and check out what Jamie does for our website. You do a fair bit. Power rankings as well inside the NRL. Previews, you name it, you're all over it. Yeah, I've got a very, very good team beside me. Don't, ah! don't leave yourself out. <laughs> so now it works. Oh, you were just off, fishing for a little... Um, oh, look, you know, I'm back from holidays. I just needed a bit of a little up, pick so me thank up. you. No, no, <laughs> I, I'm very happy with my team inside the, inside the NRL and NRL.com. Perfect. Love it. Thank you so much, Jamie. Appreciate you joining the broader game. Finally. Thanks for having Woo! me on. <laughs> All right, Katie, on this day, Thursday the 18th of July, I've got a good one for you. You ready? Yeah, I've never been more ready in my life. <laughs> 2005, 14 years ago, the Gold Coast City Council choose Rabina as the site for a 25,000 capacity stadium, which will become the home ground of the new Gold Coast Titans. OMG, my mind is blown. <laughs> 14 years ago, and uh, yeah, I mean, a lot to talk about with the Titans, hasn't there? Yeah. This week. You predicted it, Garth Brennan, gone. I can't believe I, like, I'm actually doing pretty good on this podcast in terms of being a psychic and tipping things that happen. Mm. Uh, that, I mean, Garth, when Garth got the job, uh, there was a lot of questioning over whether or not he was the right person because he doesn't have any NRL experience. And it's been proven again they need somebody to go in there with experience, a Craig Bellamy, a Trent Robinson, a Wayne Bennett. They're not going to get someone like that, but they mm. need someone like that. And it's just, I guess, bizarre that it is on this day, 14 years ago, that they decided on Rabina. Well, Dennis Watts come out and said, this is it, right? Like, they need to get this next coach's um, mm. choice correct. Otherwise, they could be they could be forced to move somewhere. Like, there's plenty of suitors out there. Yeah. I mean, what is the future for the Gold Coast in your eyes? Oh, look, to be fair, I wouldn't mind if it did get relocated. I think Perth seems like a good idea. Doesn't it? Like the second Brisbane team? No. I don't I don't see – what's the difference between – I know the Gold Coast and Brisbane, you know, it was, what, hour and a half, two hours away, but no, – About an hour from the Gold Coast to Brisbane, So yeah. what's – I mean – you know, it, t- it takes another hour for them to be financially a lot more stable and, and, you know, to be in that Brisbane CBD and suddenly it's going to be successful. Like, I'm not not so sure either. Yeah, I, I guess the easiest way to put it is if you shut down the Brisbane Broncos tomorrow, there would be outrage mm. because people love the Brisbane Broncos or they love to hate them. Mm. You shut down the Gold Coast Titans tomorrow, not many people will blink an eye because they're, they're annoyed with the ongoing disappointing results. But the players just seem to go up there and... Relax. Like, the, who's gone up there and life. kicked on and actually... Well, I lived there for a year and a half and I could have easily lived there for the rest of my life. Such a good lifestyle. But but you saw the light, came to Sydney. I came to New South Wales and here I am. <laughs> 
Okay, fanfare. If you have a question for us at any time, any day, any hour, make sure you tweet us uh, with the hashtag allabroad or on our Instagram at the broader game. You can tweet or Instagram Alicia, a newts91, or you can tweet or Instagram me at Katie Brown Oz. Three questions that have come in for today's episode. The first one, CPT underscore snooze. Are the Warriors ever going to come good? Quite unquote. Yes, interesting. Um, I watched them against the Knights a couple of weeks ago in the commentary. I think it was uh, Andrew Voss and uh, and Braith and Asa, and they had them as just rocks and diamonds. Are we going to mm. get rocks? Are we going to get diamonds? And that's just been the Warriors, hasn't it? But I feel like last year they did pretty well. I think it's it's pretty hard when you do lose a guy like Sean Johnson. Like um, it was always after that going to be tough, and they got Cody Nikarima in mid-season. You know, I think with him with another preseason under his belt next year. Like so, I think at the moment they're probably where we all expected them to be this year. But in terms of come good and be a powerhouse, they they should be up there. Like eventually, it's there's no reason They've why got they. A great roster. They've got yeah. a great roster. They've, you know, they've got almost most of the, the Kiwi boys really spine yeah. and yeah, it's uh, it's tough because they have they've tried an Australian coach. You know, now they've brought back um, Steve Kearney, Kiwi coach, and I don't mind Kearney. No. I, I like him and I like their roster. I didn't think they'd be this low um, after what seventeen rounds. I did think that they were going to. I had them in my top eight. I thought they were going to still hold on pretty well. They they have a good enough team to stay in there. But you're right, getting Cody Nikarima mid-season would probably burn them a bit. But that doesn't mean that they can't come, you know, top 10 by the end of the season. They could still make top eight technically. Mm. I just think they need another, probably another pre-season to have Cody in there and... And around What's the it problem with these teams? I mean, Blake so Green. They're NRL players. They should Blake know Green, how to do this. Like he's, how long has he got left on his contract? Do they... Did he do a two or three year deal? I think he did three years when he went yeah. to, from Manly, so yeah. he went for the stability. But like, I don't know. If you ask me, they probably should be looking at somebody a bit more younger, fresher. Well, isn't it funny? Because last year, at well, it's not funny, but <laughs> I've, I've lost the plot today. Yeah, I've lost it. This time last year, though, we were talking about Blake Green having to be in the picture for for Blues Origin, and this year he's absent. Away. So. Uh, sorry, second one. Do you think Amber Pilly will be a future Jill Roos player? That's from David Graspy. I say yes. Yeah, there's a, there's a lot of competition in those centre spots. But, uh, yeah, there's no reason why she can't be. And um, played all right in Origin. It was obviously her first first one, so she might have been a little bit nervous. Um, but, yeah, it's going to be interesting that, that like future Jill Roos team ahead mm. of that 2021 World Cup because you can just see them going with youth and size and speed. So, yeah. Yeah. Which she ticks all the boxes she for does. that. Yep. She was great in the uh, for the Brisbane Broncos in their first season, won the uh, premiership. I'd be keen to see her get more games. She played All-Stars as well. I just think more games under her belt, like any sort of younger rugby league player. Um, yeah, I think she could add a bit more to a game. Mm. Look out, green and gold coming her way. Last but not least, thoughts on Robbie Farah. Will he retire this year? This is from H. Claire 29 on He's everyone's lips. Three hundred soon. He's next week against the Knights. Gosh, that's. Can we seriously have one episode where you don't talk about the Knights? <laughs> I'm just, I'm just giving giving you some facts. <laughs> We're going to spoil the party again. <laughs> um, I think I think he will follow Robbie's uh, Robbie follow Benji's suit. So I think if they reach the finals this year, they'll both retire. Mm-hmm. Um, if neither of them um, 
if they don't, then I think neither will will retire and might play on another year. But I think Benji will play on more than Robbie will, mm. um, if that makes sense. They've got Jacob Little there and, um, yeah, I think out of – you kind of can already see it with Little coming on and, and playing more minutes. It's they, They're gradually trying to develop him into that before Robbie goes out. But Benji's playing pretty well, so. Yeah. I'd say, I, th- I think I he's think more Robbie, likely to retire than Yeah, I'd Bench. say I'm going to put my money on it that Robbie does retire at the end of the year. Well, he has indicated already, too, mm. that he's likely to. So Okay. Well, that's fanfare this week. May I remember? At the Broader Game on Instagram, send us a question. We're always approachable. 24 hours a day, seven days a Not week. Not 24 hours, sorry. All right, Katie, guess who time? I've got a bit of catching up to do. <laughs> yes, you do. So... Scores, what, you're on about four. I'm on about three. Yeah, 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 yeah. I'm on four. You're on 1.5. 1.5, was it? Sorry. Lady? All right. I think I've got a winner this week. I've said that every week for the last, what, six weeks. So Mm. you've been away, which helps. So let's play the audio. (laughs) Obviously, we've got got all origin. (laughs) That's just happened. Let's play the audio. One origin series. Um, he's been up there with our best player um, consistently too. He's not. He, he never has. His difference between bad and um, good game is is very very minimal. So um, he's a true professional. Oh, that was quick. Oh, I just feel like I was getting the audio. I just feel like um, true professional. Should we play it again, Nikki? Nope. <laughs> oh, that was sass from you. Uh, do you know who he's talking about? Mitchell Pierce? Don't know. <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> or Jimmy Maloney. Oh, is that David Clemmer? Is it David Clemmer? Is that are you locking that in? Yeah, I locked it in. Incorrect. Uh, who is it? It's actually Brad Takarangi talking about <sighs> Blake Ferguson's return. Oh after a hat trick last week. I got Brad talking about that and uh i'm going yes so that's the trick hey get him on a different topic about a different player mm. after an origin series you suck all right I'm that's back. not very fair hey i wasn't here for six days you haven't been very very fair lately no you just haven't been very good lately <laughs> and you haven't been very nice lately <laughs> been throwing me under the bus hot take this week belinda will have a blinder God, I hope so. Not putting pressure on her, but you know I just hope, I hope, you know, I hope no, it goes well for her. Even if she doesn't have a blinder, doesn't matter. Refs get targeted all the yeah, time. Yeah, I know, but the first one, you know, you can just imagine the headlines if it doesn't happen. It's going to be like... No, because I think society has grown up from that and we won't go, oh, yeah, she's just a girl, go back to reserve grade. I'm no, I don't think crossed. it's that, but I, I think just refs are under pressure at the moment, right? Yeah. Like it's either a good thing that she's coming in or it's it's a bad thing the fact that she's coming in in this week like they've made some pretty big blunders lately so I don't know I'm just a bit nervous but I mean she's very talented she's a great great um official and I've watched her refs I mean she ref the women's origin game did a great job mm-hmm. we'll see how she goes um another hot take of the week I think Titans upsetting Melbourne Melbourne have rested their players mm-hmm. I uh, did a bit of research earlier in the week. So that whole 
theory that a new coach comes in and straight away the team wins is actually a load of rubbish. <laughs> so 26 occasions it's happened. So Garth Brennan was the 27th player sacked in the NRL era. Um, new coach comes in. They've only won 10 times out of that 26. Oh. So, yeah, it's... Okay. Uh, They've got a good track record down in Melbourne, the Titans, strangely. They're a bit like the Sharks. Aren't they playing up here in Are they? Titans? Oh, okay, well, I can't remember. Either way, the Storm arresting their four players from Origin, so no Munster, no Adokar, no Chambers and no uh, Felice Kafusi. Well, I've got to good really chance. snap out of holiday mode and get back on the NRL website. I think that bungee jump just made you lose your mind a little bit. I've lost the plot. But thanks for um, steering the ship today. I don't know about that, but... Yeah, look, you've got a long way to go until you take the pilot's hat. No joke. <laughs> See? See, I'm going nuts. You I'm know, going crazy. for our listeners out there, if you are still listening, you haven't switched off. They don't call her the fog for no reason now. Oh, She's the face of the game. You are a joke. Hosting everything, Origins, Nikki, Magic can Rounds. can we cut this out? This magic is... Rounds, like, you name it. She's done it this year. You're unbelievable. There's no way I could ever get to your level. Oh! <laughs> That is the nicest thing you've ever said about me, Alicia. And it's on record, so. <laughs> yeah, okay, don't cut this out, Nikki. I want this forever. I want this as a little keeper. All right, that's us. We're done. We're done for another fortnight. If you listen to the whole thing, you get a gold medal. Thanks for listening to the broader game. We out. See Bye. ya. Bye.